Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for taking a few moments to be with us as we take a look at the book. I recently did this series on Jerusalem, past, present, and prophetic. Now, we're going to take just a moment to give you a sample of this study. It's a five-part, five-hour audio series that is available on CD, and I'll tell you how you can get your copy of the CD in just a moment. But if you will, would you stop now and listen to this particular portion of the study, Jerusalem, past, present, and prophetic. What a joy to be here with you again and to be studying God's holy word. Each and every time that Judy and I lead a tour through Israel, uh, we do that twice a year, by the way, and we'd love to have any of you come and join us. As we make Aliyah, say the word Aliyah. That is a Hebrew word meaning to go up to Jerusalem. It is a spiritual experience. Aliyah was to be made three times a year by every Jewish person. One of the reasons that Jesus Christ, you would find him always in Jerusalem. Three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. Because every Jew had to make Aliyah, go up to Jerusalem. Now, it is a spiritual experience, and it doesn't matter where you may be, you could be at the top of Mount Hermon, 9 excuse me, 9,300 feet high. And if you were at the top, you would say, we are going to go up to Jerusalem. Always you go up to Jerusalem, though it may not be the highest elevation of the state of Israel. It's about uh, 2,800 feet above sea level, uh, but it's not the highest elevation. Aliyah, Jerusalem is key. And it, it, always the prayer for the Jewish person next year in Jerusalem. And uh, it's, it's just a marvelous place to be. And as God has laid upon our heart to teach on Jerusalem, I hope it will be a blessing to you and reminding you what Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 says, to focus on Jerusalem and we'll know exactly where God is in his time. Jerusalem is going to be a key location Not only today, not only in the near future, but the distant future, in eternity future as well. And so we need to know something about Jerusalem. It's going to be our home. I remember the first time I ever visited Jerusalem. Uh, I was interviewed by the National Broadcasting Company. I was managing a a radio station in New York City, doing a talk show in New York City. And uh, we did Jewish and Christian programming there. Most unique station in all the world. But uh, when I was in Israel, they interviewed me, and the lady asked me, she said, uh, do you have heart problems? I said, no, I I hope I don't. She said, you will. I said, why? She said, well, when you leave Jerusalem, your heart will yearn to come back. And indeed, it has. And for 15 years, Judy and I have lived in Harushalayim. And in fact, the church we started, the Assembly at Jerusalem is the name of our church. Kehilah Harushalayim. Say that. Kehilah Harushalayim. Kehilah is an assembly in Jerusalem, an appropriate name for a church that you have in Jerusalem. But during the seven-year tribulation period, and you might remember the next main event in God's calendar of activities is going to be the rapture. When Jesus shouts, the archangel shouts, Chabagans, and we're out of here. The rapture of the church, the next main event. And then a seven-year period of time called the tribulation, Jesus Christ gets on a white horse. We all mount white horses, and we come back to Jerusalem. By the way, 
If you've never been to Jerusalem before that event takes place, if you can find me in the crowd, pull your horse over, and I will show you around Jerusalem because I've lived there for the last 15 years. But the second coming of Christ, the revelation of Christ back to the earth, the thousand-year millennial kingdom, and then the great white throne judgment before we enter eternity future with new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. The personality, the main personality that's going to be up and operating, in fact, the world dictator, is a man named Antichrist. Now, that is one of 27 names for this individual, Antichrist. I want to talk just briefly about the Antichrist because during his existence as the main personality during the seven-year tribulation period, he is going to have a connection with three very significant cities, one of them being Jerusalem. So if you will, look with me first at some information about the coming of Antichrist. Go to Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse, where we see Jesus teaching on Tuesday afternoon of Passion Week, he is talking about what is going to be the greatest sign that he is soon to come back. They ask him a couple of questions here. The first one is, of course, about the temple that he said would be destroyed and not one stone standing upon another. The second question they ask him, give us some signs of his soon coming. Now, let me just say this. We're talking about in Matthew 24, not the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is not pictured in Matthew 24. In fact, in Matthew 24, the church has not even appeared yet. The church comes into existence, Acts chapter 2. Jesus Christ is communicating to Jewish people. 1 Corinthians 1.22, the Bible says Jews require a sign throughout the Old Testament. God would always tell the Jews before it happened what was going to happen. And in fact, you might remember what Jesus said to the disciples in the upper room the night before he was crucified. As they sat there at the Passover Seder meal, they were having anxiety attacks like you would not believe. They had been told that he was going to be crucified. Now they were approaching the time, and they were much concerned. And it was at that point in time, Jesus said this to him, I tell you what's going to happen before it happens so that you can know when it does happen, I am who I said I am. That's one of the significant practical aspects of studying prophecy. As we study before it happens what is going to happen and then watch it unfolding, moving towards total fulfillment, we can be absolutely assured of the fact that he is who he said he is and can do exactly what he said he's going to do. Gives us assurance in the authority of the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. The authenticity of what he says is going to happen will indeed take place. One of the benefits, the side benefits of studying prophecy. Well, in Matthew 24, when they ask him the question about his second coming, not the rapture. In fact, listen, friend, we are not looking for signs. We're listening for a sound. The sound of the trumpet, the archangel, and the person of Jesus Christ himself shouting and will be caught up to be with him into the air. 
But the Jew requires a sign, so he said, I will give you some signs. I want you to notice the very first sign that he gives them. Matthew chapter 24, and look at verse 4. And Jesus answered, and he said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Look at verse 11. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Verse 24, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I read four verses to you, verses 4, 5, 11, and 24. And four times I used the word deceive. The number one sign, the number one indicator, the Antichrist is going, excuse me, that Jesus Christ is about to appear is the appearance of Antichrist. Signs, wonders, miracles. Verse 24, it is going to be so much so that even those who would be elect, in other words, who would believe in Jesus as Messiah, could be deceived by these signs, wonders, and miracles. Do we not have a proliferation of signs, wonders, and miracles? Go on so-called Christian television. That is basically all that it propagates. Signs, wonders, miracles. A couple of months back, Judy and I were seated at home. We very seldom get to Chattanooga, which is our home place here in America. Jerusalem, of course, the other place where we stay. But uh, we were home, and I was doing the manly thing. I had the clicker in my hand. And I was channel surfing, and I came across one of these so-called Christian networks. I saw this. Judy saw this with her own eyes, heard it with her own ears. I'm not reporting what somebody told me. One of the great personalities in this movement, basically controlling the Christian media, came on the air and said this, you have a dead loved one? Roll their casket into the living room. Take the arm of the dead loved one out. Turn on the television to this Christian network. Put their arm on the television. They'll be resurrected from the dead. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Signs, wonders, and miracles. We better be careful. Now, by the way, If you disagree with what I'm saying, don't you turn to your husband or wife. Don't you call your preacher. If you disagree with what I say, don't you tell anybody until you tell me. (laughs) The Bible says you got ought against your brother. Go get him first. Come on down. I'm waiting. And by the way, don't bring me your experience. I've had all the experiences I can stand. Just bring me your Bible. You see, I don't prove my Bible by my experience. I prove my experience by my Bible. Oh, yeah, I believe in miracles. I saw one up close one day. I saw in a little Baptist church in Miami, Florida, back in 1951, a bunch of 11-year-old boys gathered around a simple Sunday school teacher named Mr. Cribbs. And Mr. Cribbs told those 11-year-old boys, if you die without Christ, you go to hell forever. I watched as one of those little 11-year-old boys said, Mr. Krebs, how do I escape going to hell? And he said, well, you've got to admit you're a sinner. Believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Believe he'll save you. And call upon him. 
And I watched that little 11-year-old boy call upon Jesus to save him. He saved him on the spot. A miracle like has never happened. The kid's been saved forever. You see, I was that 11-year-old boy. And I believe in miracles. I know what Jesus said. When the Antichrist gets ready to come, we'll see a proliferation of signs, wonders, miracles. The most detailed passage of Scripture on the Antichrist is Revelation 13. Go to Revelation chapter 13 with me. Thank you very much for joining us for a look at the book, Jerusalem Past, Present, and prophetic. Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Jerusalem is the city that God has chosen to dwell among his people forever. Jerusalem is the location where you and I will rule and reign with Jesus Christ throughout eternity future. You need to study about Jerusalem past, present, and prophetic. If you'd like to get your copy of this five-part, five-hour audio series on CD, you can call our toll-free number. It's 8-PROPHECY-8. That's trans translated into 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. Either go to our website or call us right now and order your copy of the five-part, five-hour audio series on CD entitled Jerusalem, Past, Present, and Prophetic. I have to warn you, if you get this series on study Bible prophecy, you'll be aware of the fact that Jesus Christ could come at any moment. In fact, even today. And having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until.